tonight that's uh, joining us by live stream today. We're so glad that you're here. Just wanted to uh, give you a welcome and uh, thank you for joining us. This Sunday is actually quite different than anything I ever thought that uh, would be a part of. It is so interesting to, to be here and to be speaking to basically an, an empty room and to be looking at a camera instead of uh, your faces. But uh, you know, years ago, I heard somebody say this, that... Uh, then when you're speak, public speaking, that you're supposed to picture people in their underwear. Now, I'm not doing that today, but I am picturing people watching today in their bathrobes and their fuzzy slippers and, and uh, pajamas and uncombed hair and sipping your coffee, but uh, we're going to have a good time today. Uh, I do want you to uh, know that uh, there's a chat available. If you're watching this live stream and you want to make comments, you can make comments uh, Online and there are people that are ready and standing by and have a question to ask or you need somebody to pull you pull aside and have a conversation privately about some prayer request or something going on, that that is available. We certainly want you to partake in that. Uh, we also asked, you saw the slide earlier, I know that churches get a bad rap for constantly thinking about money, but uh, I do want to ask that uh, as we continue through this time, this unprecedented season, that uh, those of you that are part of the Lakes family will remain faithful for your tithe and offerings. We appreciate that. You know, it seems like right now, every morning we wake up and there's just new discussions of new peril, new things that we're facing in this world. And it can be a, a very troublesome thing that we're facing. And, and we understand that. We also know that... Uh, as people, we probably, each of us, added two new terms to our vocabulary. We've added the, the, the idea of social distancing. I had never understood or heard what social distancing was until today, and now I know. Also, this, this word pandemic is one that I uh, never would have used. And, and I found it interesting, the other night, Kim and I were sitting there, and we heard, uh, we were looking through, trying to, you know, being in the house, looking through Netflix and various places to see what we could find and, and come to find out that the number 10 movie at the time on Netflix is a movie named Pandemic. And I don't know why anybody would want to watch that during this time. To me, I want something that's going to give me some escape and a, a little bit more joy. But this is where we find ourselves. So last week we started a series that I'm calling Spirit Move. And we read... Last week, 1 Peter 4, 7, where it says this. It says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Now, that's not our text today, but that's what we're talking about. That we talked about last week. And, uh, and it's interesting how that life has significantly changed. We may not, this may not be the end of all things. But we find ourselves in a place where life has changed and circumstances have changed and we face things differently than before. And so as we talked about that, we talked about our to-do list was the title of the message. We talked about how that because of the things that we're facing that, that we need to have a, a little bit better to-do list. And number one on the list was a better prayer life. You know, during this time, the one thing that we can do that really does change things is we can pray. I also talked about how we need a better love life. During this time, we need, we need to be a people that are better about loving others 
than being selfish or hoarding things. You know, you, to me, during times like this, you see the extremes. You see people that uh, get this idea that they're out all for themselves and they're going to grab what they can and they can protect themselves. But just like I saw another friend that created a Neighbors Helping Neighbors group on Facebook that has exploded and it's a place where people can post, I have this extra and I have a shortage of this and it's amazing to see people becoming better at loving one another through times like this by exchanging what they have extra with people that are in need. We also talk about a better ministry life. What a time to be able to reach out to others and minister to others. There may be social distancing, but we can send somebody an encouraging message. So when God lays something on your heart, I would challenge you to reach out and, and text that person or give them a call and let them know that they're not out there by themselves and getting thought of. Then through all this, we need to get back to better recognizing we have a purpose for life. You're here for a reason. You're not a mistake. God didn't forget you. He is with you. And we so that's what we talked about last week. There's some things, those these things we talked about last week are things that I believe we should always do. We should always strive to be like that. We should always strive to be better in those areas. But we need to hold to those things, especially now. This morning I want to take the next few moments and talk to you about the spirit of peace. You know, peace is the opposite of fear. Let that thing sink in for a moment. And think about this. Peace is such an opposite, is such a wonderful benefit that when we give our life to Christ, it's kind of a, a special benefit that we get, that we can walk through life and face things in times of difficulties, and we can have an underlying peace in the midst of all these things. Matter of fact, centuries ago, when the prophet Isaiah began to prophesy about the coming Messiah, he laid out a special term that he called the Messiah. He said, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. What a what thing to think about. Let that sink in for Maybe even in your own words, just under your breath, just say, Prince of Peace. There ought to be something about that that gives you a sense of peace, a sense of, uh, a sense of, sense of support during this time as we face these difficulties. But if you dig a little bit deeper, I love the fact that, that while peace is a correct translation, more accurately, it's the Prince of Shalom. Now, Shalom's not a term we use often, but it does mean peace, but it also means harmony. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means prosperity. It means welfare and tranquility. We need these things during this time. And the great news is, after the atoning work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross, we can know that we have access to an incredible peace. We can know that he's with us. So this morning, the thought that I want you to take with you and to keep with you through this whole time is that because of the cross of Christ, we have access to the spirit of peace because of the work of the Prince of Peace. I'm going to say that one more time. We have access to the spirit of peace because of the work of the Prince of Peace. And we need that during that time. Matter of fact, the, the great thing is, is not only did, is Jesus the Prince of Peace, but because he was here, because he walked, walked, walked this earth, and because of what he did on the cross, we can know in our hearts that when he was even getting ready to leave, he said, he said, my father is going to send you a comforter. So we have the Prince of Peace, and we are infilled with the Holy Spirit that is the comforter. So we should be able to rely on those things. So with that in mind, the text I want to use this morning for the next few minutes is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. 
It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We need that right now. If you're, if you're there and you're, you've looked it up in, in your Bible or you're taking notes in some fashion, I want you to underline a few words that you can reference this back later when you're praying through this. I want you to underline the words always. I want you to underline the word reasonableness. Do not be anxious with thanksgiving, peace of God, and surpasses all understanding. Isn't that incredible that there's a peace that passes all understanding? <clears throat> Even in times like this, when everything in our heart and everything in our mind is telling us we should be freaking out and we should be in full-blown panic mode, that we can know that we have that peace. So how can we tap into this peace this morning? I thought about that. I thought about some things that we can do that be practical, that fits in with this, that just as a reminder uh, to us all, because we need that. First of all, it's the same thing that was first on the list last week. Prayer. We need to take our concerns to the Prince of Peace. That's the only way we can get from panic to peace. See, because of Jesus Christ, we have access to his throne of grace, which means we have access to his amazing peace. I love that, that Jesus himself told us that we can take boldly, take our needs before his throne. Imagine that. I often like to picture that with the idea of, of the God that created all the universe, the one that spoke everything into existence. But yet because of the work of his son on the Christ, uh, on the cross, that all of us that believe in him, that serve him, we have this direct access to the very throne of God. We have a place that we can take our needs in these times. And that ought to give us peace. That ought to give us some comfort. Jesus himself in John 16, 33 said this. He said, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus knew what they, his disciples, that he was speaking to that moment, he knew what they were about to face. He knew that they themselves would have moments of panic because they had followed and they had walked with Jesus. They had seen him perform miracles. They would seen him step out of difficult circumstances time and time again. And then all of a sudden, he knew that the day were going to come, that he was going to be dead and laid in the tomb and that they were going to be facing a difficult time. But I love how that even in the midst of that he said this, he said you will have tribulation but take heart I have overcome the world. See John 16 here begins with, with him Jesus beginning to say his farewells and he, and he talks leading up to this about the coming of the Holy Spirit he talks about how that their sorrow will turn to joy and he talks about how that he has overcome the world. All of us here today, we've got our worries, we've got our doubts. 
And don't don't think for for a moment that uh, that just because I I'm preaching faith this morning and and I'm talking about peace that that I don't have moments too that that the enemy seems to try to come along and tries to to steal that peace and get me my mind on something else and well what if this happens and what if that happens and all the stuff that's going on but in those moments I know where I can turn to I know that I can that I can look at certain passages like this and I can pray it through and I can talk to the Lord and I can bring my needs before him and know that he's with us and even when we have doubts it's okay you know as I was thinking about that I thought about a guy that kind of I believe kind of gets a bad rap and that's the guy that was given the nickname Doubting Thomas <laughs> I mean think about that story here's a guy that had followed Christ and seen all these things and 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 for whatever reason, when Jesus appeared to that group the first time, he wasn't there, and he wasn't a part of it. And so talk about feeling left out. I'm sure he felt left out. And so he arrives back, and all the, the whole group is talking about, hey, Jesus appeared to us. This is a wonderful day. We, we saw Jesus, and, and he appeared, and he's alive. It's for real. It really happened. And Thomas's comments was, until I see him with my own eyes, until I can touch his wounds, and in his side, I won't believe. So he's called down to Thomas, despite all the incredible things he did after this point, as he went on, after Christ was ascended and was a part of spreading the church. We don't have time to get into all that this morning. But to me, I always found it very interesting that Jesus showed up again and showed up for Thomas so that he could have the faith that he this morning, I want you to lay hold of that idea that you may have some doubts, but if you will take it to the Father, if you will pray that Jesus has a way of showing up just for you in just the way that you need it to give you the peace that you need. Amen. So the next thing I want us to look at is this idea. I want you to write this down. We need to believe that he cares. You know, we're so used, we, we often quote John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know that. God so loved. But it's times like this, it's, it's easy for us to lose sight of how much we are truly loved. You know, his love for us has been proven over and over and over again. I mean, just think back. Think back to the times that, that you called out his name. Think back to the times and times like this that, that you were convinced that the whole world and your whole world was about to explode and everything was about to go haywire. You were convinced that this was finally the end, and yet he came through in an incredible way and guided you through and helped you. The same God that did that before is the same God that will see you That's through right. this time. Yeah. Let me get a think about that. His love for us is proven. But I want you to also look at something else. Our love for him brings rewards of its own. It's incredible rewards. I want you to look at with me at Psalms 91, verse 14 through 16. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. One of the passages of Scripture that I often still refer back to and will pray through because there's some promises here that are so wonderful. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will protect him. I will rescue him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon 
trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. As I said, we have access to the spirit of peace because of the work of the Prince of Peace. God keeps his promises. He promised us that if we loved him, he promised us that there would be rescue. He promised us that there would be protection. He promised us that there would be answers to our prayers. And his presence would be with us in times of trouble. And the great thing is, he promises all that and we get salvation too. We need, to break, we need to get that down in our hearts and in our spirits. I woke up this morning knowing that the church was going to be empty and I was going to be staring at a camera, but there was a, there was a spring in my step and a joy in my heart because I know who's with me. And I know that still, even though you're in your home and you're watching or whatever circumstance you're in, that God's going to touch you where you are. That's which leads me to my next day. We need to keep the faith. We need to soothe our queasiness. What I mean like that is, is during this time, it seems like we're being hit from every side, wave after wave of uncertainty. I don't know about you, I feel like i got a handle on, the, on what seems to be the new norm for this season, and I think I've got everything figured out. I was like, okay, I kind of got hit by that. Now I'm kind of springing back. My faith is rose back up. And then you get hit again from the other side. And every time you open up a web browser, every time you turn on the news, somebody's throwing out the worst case scenario. And, and they're trying to, it seems like everybody's trying to outdo each other on what gloom and doom there is. And so right now, we're in choppy seas. James 1.6 says this. Let him ask in faith. With no doubt. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Uh-huh. Right now, we're surrounded by a sea of could-ups, could-bes, and what-ifs. And we face those things. You know, these kind of things can, can rob you of your sleep. You can wake up in the middle of the night and your mind's playing through all the worst case scenarios and, and we face these things and, and, and all of that. And, and so we're, we're in a choppy season of the could-haves, would-haves, and what, and what ifs. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of, I thought instantly when I read this scripture and this whole concept, I began to think about just a few months back in November, uh, Kim and I had an opportunity to go on a minister's retreat. It was it was on a on a cruise. It was a cruise retreat. It happened to fall right at the time of our 33rd anniversary. So we were excited about a chance to, to get away and be ministered to and, and uh, one of the greatest trips we ever took. But I'd never really done that before. And, and so uh, I saw something online that kind of intrigued me. And it was some things called sea bands. It's just a little thing that you put around your wrist, and it's got a little knob that presses into a, a pressure point that's supposed to help with seasickness. And we get there the first night, and, and we're, it's time to go to dinner, and, and we're going, and we're sitting down with some, with some people, and there's ministers at the table that we're sitting at, and, and some of them we know, some of them we met for the first time, and I'm sitting there, and I don't know about you, but I'm not used to sitting at the dinner table one like this. <laughs> and so I was sitting there for a little bit having this conversation with these people and I thought, 
I'm starting to get a little queasy. This isn't good. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of all these people, these new people that I met. But I remember, I bought those sea bands. I pulled them out, strapped them on my, slid them on my wrist. You know, I don't know whether it was faith that they would work or whether or not they really worked. All I know is it was a short period of time and I was having conversation and enjoying the meal and I forgot all about the idea of being seasick and I had peace and never had a problem the rest of the time. My point of telling this story is during this time of being hit by wave after wave of doubt and all these things, don't let your faith get seasick. Just don't do it. Put the word of God in your heart. Let that faith kick in and know that you can walk in peace and you can know that he's there. Kind of like I, I love the story of the man that took his troubled son that would have seizures and be thrown down and took him to Jesus and, and the disciples couldn't do anything and Jesus shows up on the scene and, and Jesus asks the man if he has faith. And I love the man's response. I, I have prayed this, this prayer multiple times in my life. I love what he said. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I love what he says there, because what he's doing is he's saying, Lord, I have a level of belief, but there's a gap between the level at which I believe and where I need to be in this moment. And Lord, I'm asking you to help me bridge I love that God answered his prayer in that moment that Jesus reached out and his son received the healing that he needs. So if you're queasy this morning about the circumstances that are going on, I just want you to know that it is okay to ask, Lord, I believe and help my own belief. Amen. Next thing I want us to remember, I want you to write down is during this time remain wise and discerning. We need to know what's what. Because what do we get? We get all kinds of things. People say this and this. I saw a list this morning as I was drinking my coffee before I came up here. I saw a list of, of all kinds of myths that are out there about what you can do or how bad things can get. And, 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 and we're surrounded by all kinds of things like that that are so thrown at us. And we, we need to know what's what. And knowing is important. My mind went to a strange place this morning when I thought about that years ago when Kim and I started dating. We're talking over 33, probably about 34 years ago. I was out of high school. Kim was still finishing up high school. And, and she would come home from school every day. And I would call her when I had a chance or an opportunity just to check on how she was doing, just have a conversation about the day, because, you know, our relationship was getting pretty serious at this point, and, and uh, but she had a habit that I thought was pretty interesting. Now, I want you to picture this. She would come home from school, and her unwind time was a snack sitting in front of the TV watching the cartoon G.I. Joe. Which I thought was great. I thought, all right, here's a girl that will probably sit down and watch an action flick with me. <laughs> so, but that aside, I'll never forget. As a matter of fact, we still say this to each other 
now after all these years, at the end of every G.I. Joe episode, they would have some kind of public servant announcement about how to respond to bullying or, or something. And, and, and one of the characters would make this statement, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> then the song, G.I. Joe. <laughs> Think about that. Right knowledge really is half the battle. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. This is a promise. I love the book of James. A couple years back on a Wednesday night, we took our Wednesday night class, and we literally walked through the book of James verse by verse by verse, because there's just so much there about practical Christianity. Right now, there's so much speculation. There's so much rumor all around us. And, and no wonder people are, are almost in panic mode. You hear things and questions like, will the nation be completely locked down? Or is it worse than they're telling us? Or are there things going on? This is much, much worse than they're letting us know. Will there ever be toilet paper again? <laughs> Well, we have to decide what, what is panic and what is proper faith. Because there's a part of me that says, I'm a child of the living God. Forgiveness, I'm going to step out there and I'm going to live this thing out. And there's a, there's a, a, a great background in that. And, and we should be, not be afraid and we should walk in faith. But we also should put the Lord, our God, to the test. There, there has to be a balance to that. So what is what is panic? What is faith? And where does wisdom come in and all this? The great thing is we don't have to try to figure it out on our own. All we have to do is exactly what he said. Just ask for wisdom. Because yeah. I'm telling you, God answers our prayers. And he tells us that if we're about something, ask for it, and it will be given, you can take that to the bank. Mm -hmm. It will. I'll tell you a little bit of a story on my own. This last week was, I had one day that was, and just being transparent, I'm not, I'm not on anybody's case, but all this stuff began to unfold, and, and I had about six different text conversations all at the same time, and people calling, and there was all these questions, and, and everybody was trying to give me their opinion. And, and it varied all the way across the spectrum from we got to shut everything down now to we keep going no matter what, we're going to walk in faith. And so I'm, I'm getting pulled in both directions. And, and I, I see the validity of everybody's discussion. And, and it just reached a point that finally I put my phone on silent, sit it down, went into my living room, kneeled on our little ottoman and said, Lord, I need to shut all the other voices out. I need your wisdom. And it was in that moment of prayer. Because trust me, I'm the type that, that I let's go forward, let's walk in faith. I believe this thing. I don't ask anybody to do anything that I'm not willing to walk out myself. This is different. Right in asking for wisdom, the, the Lord just dropped you. I really believe it's the Lord. I can't say it's an audible voice, but 
school. You like to talk to your mama. Yeah. Go back a few months ago. If this had been an ice storm, you would have shut some things down to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. And I got up from that moment. It's like you know what? We do need to have some caution. Yeah. And so we've adjusted some things, and then of course the governor came out with his executive order that uh, sped up the process to find ourselves where we're at. But I'm just giving you that as an example that when you ask for wisdom, he will give you the wisdom that you ask for. As I move to a close this morning, I want you to understand that his wisdom and his discernment are available to us. But I want to leave you with this thought and then we're going to pray together. We need to comfort one another. We need to help people. It, it needs to be person to person. You know, a lot of times, just, just faces. You know, this morning as we were getting ready for this, it was, it was incredible to see a few people that were connected with people that were, who were going to be helping us with the technical side of things to see them show up and
and we can carry that with us, then, then Christ, you know, my final destination isn't here anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, I got my first grandbaby on the way, and there are things that I kind of want to be here for that, and so I understand all those things. But we can know that our future are insecure hands. Yeah. You and I are as secure as we can possibly be as long as we continue to trust the Lord. I want to leave you with these words in the Lord of Prayer. These are words that I use often when I'm speaking at a funeral, but I still think they apply to us and give us hope. And Jesus talking about it in, in 1 Thessalonians 4.18. He is talking about there's this concern of, of you know, what do we do? What is, what is it like when, when, when somebody passes away? What is it like when there's somebody that is laid to rest and there's some of us that are still here? And, and he's laying out and he's trying to give them comfort, showing that there is, that we are in his hands. And, and he says, don't worry about those that have fallen asleep because they will be raised again. And he talks about how those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up and be with the Lord in the air. And, and it just shows us that his salvation is complete. What I want to focus on is there are these last words where it says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Yeah. I want to take this passage and just expand it to everything we've talked about this morning. All the scriptures we've read through, all the examples of how to respond and the peace that we can have. I want us to understand that we can comfort one another somebody you're friends with goes into full panic mode, reach over and give them a little bit of his word, the word, and help them latch on to a little bit of that peace. Amen? Because we have access to the spirit of peace because of the word of the Christ. This morning, if you're here, maybe you say, you know, I'm not so sure I have that peace. I don't know who all's watching online. I don't know who all will watch it later, but God does. Mm-hmm. And if you say, I don't have that peace, and I'm really not sure, and all the things you talked about sound great, but it's it's not something I can say that I really have because I really don't know where my relationship with Christ is. That can be fixed really simply. As the Holy Spirit draws you, just admit that without him you're lost. Admit you're a sinner. Just believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is the way, the truth, of life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And also confess him as your Lord and Savior. Confess doesn't just mean you deny. We confess with our lifestyle. We confess with the way we live our life and the we his glory to others. If that's you, and I'll just ask you as we pray to pray those three, three things. A, B, C. Admit, believe, confess. And then we're going to pray through some points. But if you do that, you say, I'm going to pray that prayer. On the little chat section, there's a little place that you can say, you know what, I want somebody to pray with me. You can be pulled aside out of the group chat at Jamaria where you can 
have a conversation one-on-one with somebody who will be there and will help you. And I'd like for all of us, as we prepare to wrap this up this morning, to pray together. I'm going to lead in prayer, but I want all of us praying and asking God to do these things together. Father, we do come before you this morning. When we're doing exactly what you said, we're going to take these things to the Prince of Peace. Lord, I thank you that we can pray. I thank you, Lord God, that we can boldly bring our needs before your throne. And right now, it seems so heavy. It seems like there's so many needs and so many things that we're facing. And so, Lord, we ask for your peace to rest upon each and every one of us. I pray that every person that, that is under the sound of my voice, every person that is praying this prayer, Lord, that there be a sense of your peace from the Prince of Peace would just rest upon them. Lord, remind us of the depths of your love, how far you went to provide for our salvation, and that we, and because of that work, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Let us hold on to that. Let us know that. Let us walk in that. And let us have that assurance. Let us have that peace and that comfort and know that you love us so much that in, when all this, none of this caught you by surprise. And Lord, you already had a plan for each and every one of us in place when this hits. And Lord, we can rest and we can be assured that you love us that much. Lord, I pray that not only will we keep the faith during this time, but Lord, we'd advance the faith. Lord, right now, there are probably more people that are looking towards you than we normally do because we get so busy in our busy lives and the, and the hustle and bustle, Lord, that right now so many people have been forced to slow down a little bit. Lord, I pray that you would use us to turn their hearts and their minds towards you. And Lord, I pray that you would use those of us that have peace, those of us to believe, to reach out and touch somebody else's life. Lord, I pray that all the churches that are, that are live streaming and doing things that we've never done before, Lord God, that you will use this thing to bring about a revival and to advance your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Lord, grant us wisdom. Let us, Lord, there's, thank God that one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of discernment. Let us walk in your, your wisdom and your knowledge and your presence and know exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it, Lord, to follow your lead. Lord, help us to comfort one another. Lord, as you comfort us, let us turn around and share that comfort with somebody else. Lord, let us walk in that and know that you're with us. And Lord, we come together right now, Lord, as a group of people. And Lord, we pray against this virus in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak your healing over people in the name of Jesus. That you would go before us, Lord, that you would care for us, that your hand of protection and your provision would be with us. And that you would walk with us, Lord Jesus, as only you can. That we walk in the fullness of that. Lord, we ask you to begin to push this thing back. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give wisdom to those, divine wisdom to those that, that are trying to find cures and trying to do things. Lord, the extra creativity, show them, Lord, enlighten them on ways to advance and, and how to handle these things, Lord, so we can push this thing back. But, Lord, I pray. Lord, I know that many are praying for a return to, to the normalcy of life. And, Lord, there's some ways that we desire that. But, Lord, I pray that we will not return to be completely normal, but, Lord, that you will us come upon the scene and touch lives in a way that, that there are many, many lives that never fully return to normal because they have had an encounter with the living God yes. and they have been set free in Jesus' name.
thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. I want to leave you with one passage of scripture. 1 John 4, 18. It says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. His salvation removed you from the punishment. So you do not have to walk in fear. God bless you. Thank you for joining with us. Please continue to chat. I would love to know if this impacted you in some fashion. But God is with you. We love you. Take care.